0: Asia Tech Podcast, voice of the Asian tech ecosystem. Hello, welcome to Asia Tech Podcast. My name is Graham Brown. This is the Asia Tech Podcast tour of the ecosystem builders of Asia. We are on a mission to find out the who's who. Who are the names behind the ecosystems, the co-working spaces, the accelerators, the funds, the programs? That really helps startup founders put themselves on the map. Obviously, they aren't necessarily the biggest names out there. They're often so busy building and doing and supporting startup founders, not natural self promoters. So, we want to find out who those names are behind the scenes. So, I'm more than happy to be joined by, well, a, uh, a, a I sim- a, a guess, a, how should I put this? Our first representative from India on the tour. So from Bangalore, Avinash Kalshik, welcome to the show.
1: Thanks, Graham. Thanks for having me.
0: And we're going to talk about your work, Bangalore, the startup scene in Bangalore, and Revex, which you describe yourself as a hardware and IoT accelerator based out of Bangalore. You're Bangalore born and bred. So maybe you could tell us a little bit about Bangalore first. For those, I mean, obviously, if you're in India in the startup scene, you know Bangalore through and through. But for us outside of India, what do we need to know about Bangalore?
1: Yeah, it's a, um, it's the Silicon Valley of India, so that's how Bangalore is uh, is currently positioned in the, on the map. Um, so it's uh, thanks to the you know the tech companies, the services companies in the late nineties and eighties. Uh, we lost a lot of hardware engineers, uh, you know, when the big wave of sil- silicon was driving the Bay Area in US, mm. um, and the same likewise in uh, in here in India. We have all we had all these hardware engineers who moved to software, and Bangalore became a hub in the 90s. A lot of outsourcing, and uh, uh, it's all coming back now. Now it's uh, you know. People are exploring IoT and hardware, and that keeps us going, and And that's what we are passionate about. Mm. Um, so, it's, in true essence, it's the it's the Silicon Valley for, for India.
0: It's gone through a number of waves, hasn't it, Bangalore? I mean, like you mentioned, the early days, the BPOs, the Infosys, and the Vipros, I guess they would have had they would have had a, a sort of a major hand in the, the early development of Bangalore as it was back then. And then you sort of had the IT growth. And then there's, there's been sort of a few waves in the startup scene in Bangalore as well, hasn't it? There was a, a time when it really heated up and it really sort of took off a, a lot before what we've seen here in Singapore as well in Southeast Asia. Um, where are we now? What sort of happened in the last 10 years in the startup scene in Bangalore?
1: So we are. We've been growing steadily. You know, it's uh, a yeah, it's an ecosystem for for any industry to thrive. You need to you need to have that ecosystem, and uh, fortunately, the service industry set the building blocks, the foundation for the newer technologies to evolve, and that's what we are seeing right now. Um, India being you know uh, a little chaotic in terms of infrastructure, be it civic or. Or any other, uh, uh, you know, civil civic conveniences that you you require to have. Uh, it's always um, it's not a government challenge. Uh, people are coming in, startups are coming in, solving, picking up those problems and solving them. Uh, you see a lot of uh, uh, logistic issues in mm-hmm. India, so that's being solved by um, a chunk of startups. Um, you know, consumers are uh, benefiting from the different layers of uh, the you know the startup fabrics that are being built over and top of the uh, you know the the tech uh, talent that we had uh, initially built by the service industry, mm. and that's what is uh, is the beauty of the city because you know uh, there's no dearth of talent. You have over 1.5 million engineering graduates every year and uh, less than half of them being observed uh, by the the companies and um, uh, there's a new wave of uh, you know uh, startups and the maker movement people want to go and you know take a shot at few of the challenges people are you know we are facing here and um, unlike various other hubs you know there's a lot of talk about Uh, other, you know, uh, innovation hubs, be it Israel or Tel Aviv or any other, uh, you know, innovation hub across the world. The advantage here, what we see is there is talent. At the same time, there's an opportunity to deploy your solution right here. You are solving for the people right around you. And uh, that gives a huge opportunity for entrepreneurs to come in, uh, take shots, find new hacks and build a business around it. And there's an evolving ecosystem of all these angel investors and uh, VCs to now the accelerators and venture builders who are all room here, uh, trying to create a, a cushion for these entrepreneurs to test new things and uh, create new uh, new business models in the market. Mm. And we are one of them. And there are several of them over here now.
0: Well, I'm going to ask you about... RevX in a minute and find out a little bit more about your work. You mentioned, Avinash, the, the kind of solutions that you could develop in India for India. And what sort of solutions are coming out of Bangalore, as an example, that may be sort of specific or more in that particular category than other places? Let's say, for example, in hardware, there are places like Shenzhen, for example, which are, you know, Great place to go and start a hardware business, but it may be a different kind of solution. What are the sort of specifics or peculiarities or idiosyncrasies of Bangalore-style startups?
1: Like I said, uh, it's the local challenges. You know, in India, we have uh, a huge scarcity of doctors and healthcare. Uh, access to healthcare for uh, um, you know the lower middle class and and the poor. Uh, at the same time, the number of beds uh, and ICUs in hospitals are very minimal, and if you look at the ratio, it's it's really a very dismal number. Mm. So uh, there are several of um, you know the healthcare startups in the hardware space. So when we look at uh, companies, it's not you know we don't classify them as hardware. We're just looking at solutions for a particular problem, and healthcare is one of them. Um, so, in our portfolio, there are a bunch of you know healthcare startups uh, who have made it big. You know, it's in being a hardware. Uh, it's always difficult to not only get your solution right, but also get the the capital for you to go launch and pilot, and then uh, do your trials, get the approvals, and and finally make it to the market and build consumer base. And fortunately, few of the companies. Though it's a tougher journey compared to any other, uh, you know, software or digital startup. Uh, hardware companies are, you know, you know uh, thriving, and they are figuring out new niche segments where where they can kind of jump in and and uh, and and be very useful to the ecosystem. So, be it you know, healthcare or even entertainment and sports. We have a portfolio company in the sports space where. You know, training and uh, sports uh, tech is a new thing. Where you know we have cricket is a very um, the one of the most followed games in this part of the world, mm. and we have well, we have a company which is uh, exclusively building a solution for cricket um, for the players and also for people who are uh, enthusiastic who want, who follow cricket. As well as people who want to train and, and be and, and and athletes who want to get into this space.
0: Can you tell us a little bit about that solution? Because obviously cricket is close to the heart of the Indian nation, so we have to go there. What is? Can you name the startup and what they do? So
1: this is a, a company. Um, uh, it's actually from Singapore. They are uh, here in India, and uh, because uh, India is a cricket capital. Uh, So we have this, you know, they have built uh, smart cricket balls and now now they are coming up with new gadgets uh, around the cricket ball. So it's basically to track how you bowl, you know, you know, you know cricket, right? So there's a bowler who throws the ball. Um, So there's a lot of, uh, you know, technique in that there's swing and spin uh, and how it hits the ground, hits the deck, so all that is being uh, monitored, monitored and tracked by this device. They have a lot of analytics built on top of it. Mm. Um, and likewise, now they're uh, coming up with a bunch of other uh, devices and uh, tracking uh, measures uh, to get a very integrated solution for cricket.
0: Mm. You, you imagine that for such a solution, India really is only the only market big enough really to to allow that kind of startup to grow, really. I mean, there are other cricketing nations around the world. I'm sure it will spread, but you've got 1.x billion people and, you know, crazy about cricket as well. And, you know, there's the the, the amateur leagues as well. I mean, hundreds of millions must play on a regular basis. So there's a huge market for that. You talk about sports, you've also mentioned healthcare as well. Can you talk about some of the startups in your portfolio in the healthcare space?
1: So we have another company which is into uh, robotics. It's uh, it's into renal st- surgery uh, because um, we see you know healthcare and uh, technology playing a you know wider role in uh, in Indian healthcare ecosystem and that's why we are we are betting on uh, these startups which are solving key challenges like I mentioned you know we don't have too many doctors here and uh, we have a robotic. Uh, 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 Device star, startup, which is building uh, uh, intelligence for renal surgery, you mm-hmm. know, for your kidney and various uh, uh, organs, and um, so they are in a very early stage, and they they are into they you know they need to do the trials, and it's a very long journey for them. Uh, it's, but there are other companies, you know, who are into cancer diagnostics. So we have one more uh, who have already. Uh, uh, hit the market they are got their trials ready and they've already raised uh, seed fund um, so while it's very difficult for hardware companies uh, and we are increasingly seeing companies which have with very very focused and leather sharp uh, uh, problem and solution matching uh, doing pretty well and mm-hmm. they're, they're gaining early traction as well and our our job is just to make sure that they don't make any mistake and they you know they hit the road they, they hit the market soon
0: how is it especially in india for that conversation when you have somebody with a number of years of medical experience, who then decides to become an entrepreneur, because I imagine you can't build a, you know, a renal device or a device in oncology without, you know, many years of practice and experience and a network of people who understand that. So how is that in India when, when somebody turns around and they, Even if they're starting out in their career and they turn around to their parents and they say, I know you spent all this money putting me through medical school and you wanted me to become a doctor. But you know what? I'm now going to become a startup founder. How well does that go down, that conversation in India today, whether it's, you know, in law or medicine, because there is that, you know, that very much that... Emphasis placed on their children becoming professionals in safe career jobs, and now they're going out and, in a way, to to some generations, gambling all those years of investment in their education and then becoming startup founders. Are people getting on board with that? Is there still a lot of resistance to that? What kind of conversations are taking place now?
1: Yeah, I I see where where you're coming from. It's. You know, it's happened to me, uh, it's happened to various uh, entrepreneurs, Uh, there's a huge stigma to entrepreneurship uh, over the years, uh, unless you come from a family, uh, you know, business background. Uh, For people from middle classes, it's it's very difficult to venture into something on their own, and... um, there's a lot of resistance, and the ecosystem is all, was also not very supportive. And uh, in India, if you're a failure, again, you know, there used to be a lot of stigma attached to it. So th- all that is changing, and thanks to you know a few uh, poster childs, uh, you know, successful entrepreneurs hmm. in the past five years or ten years, they've exited, they made money, they made it big, they um, they sold their companies to global conglomerates. They've also you know built businesses, taken Indian brands abroad so um, thanks to all these you know successful entrepreneurs and and great leaders uh, slowly the mindset of uh, the Indian parents is is transforming uh, transitioning to more uh, uh, supportive ecosystem for you know entrepreneurs Mm. today and I would like my child to go and start something you know uh, on her own uh, rather than work elsewhere you know Right. so that's that's changing and uh, uh, it's just a matter of time and, and there's this huge maker movement you know uh, uh, driven by the government you know four years ago when uh, we uh, you know when we had a new prime minister uh, he came in with a new made in India more make in India movement and it was all about making things uh, right here um, so I'm not very sure how effective it was, but what it did was uh, all the big, you know, uh, multinational companies who used to, you know, manufacture outside and import it into India started, you know, were obligated to set up their factories right here. Hmm. So today, today we have the Xiaomi's, the Foxcons, all here in India who are manufacturing here. The Kellogg's is manufacturing right here. So that's the kind of difference, you know, when you have all these big guys coming in and setting up their ecosystem and, and rebuilding, a, creating a new ecosystem for for making things right here locally, and they absorb a lot of local talent. and And that expertise is so crucial for the new age entrepreneurs to leverage. So the new uh, the new entrepreneurs or somebody who's making be it a, a consumer package good or making a hardware electronic startup or a device uh, gets a lot of leverage of this new new ecosystem that has been built mm. and uh, that's that's what uh, is very encouraging the, uh, to the ecosystem we as a we've been uh, uh, one of the uh, front runners in in supporting the hardware ecosystem in India. At the same time, you know we had a good access, uh, you know, in China and Taiwan. So most of the production, large productions, we were being carried out in either in uh, Shenzhen or Hangzhou, um, Ningbo, uh, and now we are also looking at local manufacturing. And that's something new. That's something that has evolved over the past two, three years. Uh, the government has been pretty supportive. There are several incubation centers across universities um, to to incubate, you know, IoT or Internet of Things startups, and uh, we work with a bunch of them. Mm. Um, so, on one side, like I was saying, you know, my my career has been uh, flip flopping between deep tech on one side and uh, totally non-tech on the other side. So I've worked uh, uh, in uh, hardcore technology companies. At the same time, I've worked in farming and agriculture and consumer-packaged goods on the other side. And uh, incidentally, I also, like I run RevEx hardware accelerator, I also run a CPG accelerator program. And that's for consumer-packaged goods, uh, totally non-tech.
0: Hmm. Well, I I want to understand a little bit about RevEx and the genesis of that. And then maybe we can talk about the kind of founders who walk through the door looking for support from RevEx as well, getting an indication because you've alluded to it as well about new entrepreneurs in Bangalore. So it'd be good to talk about those as well. Maybe we can start by just quantifying RevEx. Can you tell us, I mean, how long have you been around? How many batches have you run? How many alumni do you have how many startups have been through the door and so on so
1: we've had around uh, you know three batches uh, 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 and typically around eight companies per batch and post that we we decided we will do a uh, you know uh, engagements on a rolling basis because you know hardware is is not a very cookie cutter uh, model because it's it takes a long while and it's uh you know it's hardware is hard and that's what uh, we've seen over the years um, so, we work with over 35 companies so far, and uh, uh, it's been a very uh, uh, exciting journey because it's, it's got unlimited learning curve. It's, uh, you know, we're we not uh, it's pigeonholed into any particular sector. We work from entertainment and sports to healthcare and industrial IoT to agriculture. Um, so, we are fairly diverse. Uh, in, in in terms of sectorial approach and uh, uh, there are companies you know, in various stages. so we have uh, what we do is uh, we don't work with idea stage companies. our entry criteria is is to work with they start with uh, uh, somebody who has a prototype ready mm. and who's explored a pilot or in the phase of a pilot or already finished a pilot or in the market. So that's our you know uh, entry barrier. So if somebody has a good team and uh, uh, try to build a hack around a particular challenge or a problem. and So we look at the problem and primarily the team and then we look at the, uh, uh, the solution that they have built. Uh, and then if if our team has kicked about the solution and, and the team, we, we engage with them and we, we are uh, part of their team. So we are an extended arm um, so we are a bunch of hardware enthusiasts and people who have uh, been in the hardware space, um, been in companies which were funded by Intel and Co. and so on, in the past and exited companies. So it's uh, so it's been a you know a great journey working with all these new makers who are bringing in new ideas, and uh, we are trying to make it happen
0: yeah. together. Absolutely. Uh, you mentioned the word journey as well, I? Sh- which is so important because everybody I know who runs an accelerator or a program or a venture builder even, that the first batch is always different to the second batch, to the third batch and so on. And in many ways, the accelerator grows themselves as much as the startups and they learn what works and what doesn't work. So, with yourselves, I know you've already mentioned that you you engage startups on a rolling basis now, rather than maybe the, the traditional three months. What has changed in the way that you engage startups, maybe the kind of startups that you engage with since day zero to where you are now? What have you learned in that process about being a successful accelerator?
1: So, we uh, initially, when we were starting up, the the ecosystem hadn't evolved and then they were, um, you know the companies, you know startups who are trying to figure out uh, where to get source their components, to go go and uh, manufacture a small batch, or get the certifications done, or how to go and do a pilot with a uh, with a customer, uh, an enterprise customer, or or if few of them who are building consumer electronics, you know uh, how do how do they hit the market and how do where do they get access to retailing. So there were a bunch of questions and challenges. And uh, uh, since we, we are more a neutral ecosystem platform for these companies, we, we have built a larger, uh, deeper connects with the uh, uh, large companies, the retailers and, and the corporates uh, on the supply side, as well as uh, the companies which are on the demand side who consume these solutions. So that's, uh, that has evolved over, a, over the past four years. You know, the first batch when we started off, we probably had maybe four, or five partners. We had few connections in in China. I uh, uh, fortunately I worked with Radio Shack retail uh, family office, and we were we had uh, very good access to Chinese manufacturing. Uh, Radio Shack has a sourcing company from China, uh, which uh, you know over 160 factories is a supplier to all the big box retailers in U.S. So having worked in that uh, uh, in that capacity gave me a lot of uh, exposure to uh, the hardware ecosystem and and picking the right partners. And I uh, built over that, and uh, uh, that's where we uh, uh, we started off. Mm-hmm. And post that, you know, we've been growing in strength because uh, the kind of partners we have today is much much bigger than what we had uh, four years ago when we started. Um, be it in every aspect, you know, it's, it's, we built the whole value chain for hardware startups to build their product and get their product out in the market, and uh, that's the cushion that we provide. Uh, so when we when we started off, we uh, we were looking at the companies that you, who used to approach us were coming with very very primitive engineering, uh, you know. Uh, uh, prototypes and uh, very early prototypes, and nowhere near the the form factor that uh, would eventually emerge, right? And uh, it was it was very difficult for us to you know nurture them and and uh, take them to the to the next stage, but all, unfortunately all of them the the reason we are here today today is because all these young startups who started working with us they were so passionate and um, they wanted to. Uh, they stuck around, you know, even none of the companies who started, in you know, a first batch, none of them have wound it up. Everybody's done something or the other. They may not be so successful, but at least they've moved on and at least they've got an early exit. Um, so they're pretty passionate. And uh, that's what we, we look for. Um, these are founders who, who never uh, take failure as an option. They've moved on uh, building solutions and made it big. Um few of them have raised capital now they are uh in uh, yeah they already have a steady uh, monthly run rate um, there are a few uh, who did not do so well, but uh, you know uh, there's always uh, in hardware the kind of success rate that we are seeing is pretty pretty impressive
0: mm. and uh, now that you've you've done three batches and you've had the experience of their successes and failures are you more refined in the kind of founders that you look for when they knock on the reverex door are there certain traits that you look for which you're now more aware of or heightened to and obviously being passionate that's just a you know that's an entry to the game really isn't it is there more sort of backgrounds that you okay i'm looking for somebody with a background in x or so many years experience here or this kind of education or this kind of attitude mindset towards it are you now more attuned to that what do you look for when somebody turns up and says i'm interested in joining your program
1: yeah so now uh, we, we're more organized we're more structured we have a a uh, very strong jury, and who are, and we have seen so many business models. We have seen different solutions, different ideas. So we we are we're becoming more selective in in our uh, uh, approach, and uh, we have uh, you know we pretty much know what kind of companies click, what what kind of teams, uh, eventually go on to build successful solutions and businesses. So that's the experience that uh, that's coming in for us from the past four years of operation. Hmm. And uh, so that's what, that, what would those, that's be? Include- those
0: those kind of companies give us a flight, I mean without naming names but w- what do they look like how could you spot a company that would work well with you just so somebody would know from the other side to say well you know I'm like that company so I I'm, I stand a good chance what sort of traits do they have
1: So know, uh, these days, you know, one is on the on the business uh, challenge front because most of the companies uh, we saw early on uh, were amateurs or you know freshers who wanted to build a hack. And, uh, and but today we are seeing many people who you know who been there in large companies from Qualcomm's and Intel's. They are coming in and starting up. Uh, they pretty much know the product. They pretty much uh, are exposed to the client. They know their customers. Um, they all they already come. When they come to us, they come in with ready orders, hmm. uh, and uh, and pilots they have already accomplished. They come with uh, the outcomes of those. Uh, they show us a trend, and then they show the bigger picture. And uh, today is more about betting on the future. So the kind of entrepreneurs who are coming in, knocking our doors, they are all coming in with uh, their take on the future. They have an opinion. About the next, you know, next wave or the next trend, and we are building solutions for them.
0: Mm. Uh, there, uh, I mean, w- what about the sort of the younger generation coming through as well? I mean, sort of staying back a little bit is the, the 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 flip side of a successful startup ecosystem. Obviously, you have a lot of young people interested in becoming startup entrepreneurs, but they don't necessarily have, for better or for worse that you know the the burden of experience so they may not know what's broken in it or they may not know what's broken in healthcare so they're not trying to fix that but you know they may just be thinking that uh, they've got this optimism optimistic vision of the future but that that may, that may not be grounded in any particular solution or problem out there so that's one part of having a lot of young people interested in you know entrepreneurship as an option, as a career option, really. And the second part as well is that when you have a lot of people getting into startups and starting businesses, you have this sort of mismatch of valuations as well, don't you? That that sometimes when there's too much capital coming in, um, that could be a bad thing sometimes, that when entrepreneurship becomes a lot easier, when the friction is taken out of the, the ecosystem, you, you have a situation where any idea gets overvalued. And in some sense we've seen a bit of that It's cooled down recently in Singapore, but in previous years where there's a lot of top down money coming into Singapore that anybody with an idea could have got funding for that, you know even at the idea stage before having a, an MVP or a prototype. so you have a market that's overheating. How are we now in Bangalore what sort of How would you sort of gauge that market sentiment is it about right are we overheating uh, you know how are young people in their sort of attitude towards startups as well
1: good question so we we do have a fair uh, fairly good mix of young and more mature entrepreneurs coming in the young ones are um, you know they're coming with a good hack or they don't they have a great solution uh, more at, on the tech side, but they don't know much about the business uh, aspects. They're they're flirting with different business models. They're flirting with different sectors to target. Um, but thanks to the kind of uh, ecosystem that we have now, uh, we are able to at least give them ex- exposure to multiple opportunities to pilot. Uh, for example, we have a drone company which uh, you know we we connect them to several sectors, and they got a a uh, chance to explore, you know, which is the best fit for them, and then finally they're zeroing in on what what on their business model and and where they need to go. Uh, likewise, there was another industrial IoT uh, startup, a single founder. We built the team. He was the founder was very passionate, so we helped build the team, and then we helped focus on multiple business, uh, uh, you know, target segments and finally you know it's uh, there's a product market fit and there there's a new consumer base building for that that particular solution uh, so we do help uh, passionate entrepreneurs who have not really figured it out um, and who don't have the experience to make it through but we we try if wherever we we see a spike we help to uh, we try to build a cushion or muscle around the company and try to mm-hmm. help uh, you know, take the solution through to a you know at least a product market fit and a pilot stage and uh, and let the product speak. Um, otherwise, like you know, for, for the other question uh, on the valuation and uh, hardware always hardware has always been uh, capital efficient. You know, the kind of money that you pour into hardware versus many digital startups. You know, is at least the hardware companies have been pretty more efficient and uh, uh, what we are also seeing is, you know, the hardware companies today are not just coming with a hardware device, but they have a whole solution around it. And the solution could be uh, on the networking front, or it could be on the, uh, you know, intelligence, the hardware, you know, artificial intelligence front, where they have different stacks and layers of data and and in you know and uh, analysis and knowledge built. Mm. So that's uh, that's a changing trend. So hardware companies are uh, having different manifestations. It's it could be a, in form of a SaaS, which already have which ha, which may have a device to track, or it it could be an artificial intelligence solution, uh, and which may have a lot of data inputs through devices and sensors so uh, that's uh, a transition that we are seeing in and and um, the ecosystem also is recognizing more deep tech and uh, solution driven uh, uh, you know startups mm-hmm. compared to pure play hardware uh, though hardware itself had a lot of stigma and it continues to have stigma but uh, thanks to uh, the way you package with a lot of data and intelligence uh, it's looking more like a solution and that's how, you know, any any uh, uh, business is built. You're building a solution rather than just a device.
0: Mm. It goes back to your cricket ball example as well. I'm sure that in terms of the amount of data it gathers and, you know, the ability to upsell a service into that as well. Now you just don't have a cricket ball or hardware, but you have a whole solution, a whole package, a SaaS model potentially, you know, recurring revenues, and also a bit of AI thrown in there as well to manage all that big data. So those are the kind of solutions it seems that a lot of hardware are moving towards. What are you looking for? I mean, if somebody was to walk through your door tomorrow into the RevEx office and pitch you on their idea, I know it's not necessarily how it works, but let's just For a thought experiment, it does work like that. Somebody is just going to walk up to Avinash Cowell so you can say, look, this is what I'm working on. I've got to show you this. From your perspective, what would really excite you? Are there particular areas, like some of the hardware areas that you're involved in, are there particular solutions or problems that you want to address through these hardwares? What are those sort of keywords, those buttons that are going to push Avanash, you know, in the sense that maybe it's something that could be in drones, it could be in solving healthcare for the next one billion or the the next billion or whoever it might be. Are there particular areas that really sort of like pique your interest now?
1: Yeah, so um, so we work with very early stage companies, right? So it's it's the companies come to us very early on in their journey, and uh, uh, most of the time they don't have a finished product. You know, which they can sell on the retail store shelf, or you know, they can take it to the corporate directly and start deploying. So, the biggest advantage, you know, from a platform such as RevX or many many other hardware accelerators is, is the ecosystem to get the product out. It's the ecosystem to get your design, your form factor, your components, your bill of materials, right? Your uh, make sure that you have the your production goes well. And then you know the, your entire batch is defect free, and you do your certifications well. You hit the right channels. So this is what is the biggest, uh, you know, uh, uh, advantage of a platform uh, like ours. Uh, beyond this, it's uh, on the business front since the companies are coming very early on. Uh, you know, it's it's more like a instinct and and it's your yeah, it's betting on your gut than you know any analysis so we cannot be overtly uh, data focused uh, because at, at the stage the companies are coming in it's a little bit premature so we bo- go by the passion of the entrepreneur the conviction uh, they have about a future um, you know the take. you know if they if they are able to convince us uh, with logically that, you know, this is going to be the space and this is how consumers or, or corporates, enterprise customers are going to evolve and, and look at operations uh, or any lifestyle change. Uh, we, bo- we go by that. You know, it's, it's uh, the passion, the conviction about the future. And we just see if they have the right talent to execute.
0: Mm-hmm. And will you help them put those teams together as well if they don't? So if you had a single founder come to you?
1: yes there are there are great ideas and uh, a few entrepreneurs who come with great ideas and then unfortunately they don't have a partner they don't have a team so we we enable that so I, we, we don't we do give references and we have communities built um, we do a lot of events and we have a huge community of co-founders we we run the co-founders lab matchup events uh, and so on so through all these uh, networking and uh, opportunities to interact with the ecosystem, uh, startups, you know, entrepreneurs do find a match and they do find people who can work for them or people who can join the founding team.
0: Great. So, what is the best way for a prospective startup founder to reach out to you? Obviously, you have a process. Would it be to come and visit you in person, do the pitch, or you know, fill out the form on the website? Okay bit of advice what's the sort of onboarding for prospective batch applicants
1: yeah so it's it's pretty much on a rolling basis so yeah, there's a jury who who, uh, who will look at the companies uh, the best way to approach us would be uh, shoot us a mail with a with a YouTube video of the product and uh, a, a small brief on the you know on the solution or the market you're getting after uh, and that'll do
0: mm-hmm Okay. So take a video, shoot you the video with an intro email. What works in that sense? I mean, you must've seen a lot of people approach you in this way, saving everybody's time. Are there sort of some quick tips you can offer there that people can help sort of focus on what you're looking for?
1: Ready prototypes and uh, any customer validation, either if it's a consumer electronics, you know, what's the feedback from people who are using it? Uh, Have you done a pre-order? Have you done a uh, you know crowdfunding campaign is there any early customer for your product? Uh, and then we're not restricted to only Bangalore so we though we are we are headquartered in Bangalore we we have partners across we have uh, teams in Hong Kong as well. Uh, so we every one in six uh, startups working with us is an international uh, uh, startup. So we have companies from Slovenia to Singapore and US. Uh, all working with us, the advantage is it's not about just manufacturing, but it's also building solutions in AI and solutions uh, in SaaS or you know, wherever appropriate. So it's a hardware and, and all the and subsequent stacks of uh, uh, tech that you need to encapsulate to build a solution. Mm. So that's what we try to enable.
0: Excellent. That is Avinash Kalshik. everybody, the founder of Revex. We will put all the details in the show notes. Avinash, thank you so much for joining us today and sharing a little background to Revex and also the Bangalore startup ecosystem, because obviously we hear a lot about it, but it's good to get a bit of insight. So thank you for sharing with us today. Pleasure.
1: Pleasure, Graham. Thanks for having me.
0: You've been listening to Asia Tech Podcast. Find out more at atp.show.